Hey, Amber, where in the world are you today? Hello, Lucy. Um, I am in Texas. Where are you? <laughs> I switched back to American, but just a <laughs> Well, I'm still in England. Um, I'm just, you know, waiting here until I can go somewhere else. Wow. You're... But, uh, your American accent is just impeccable. My, mine accent? is absolute this, rubbish. Mine is absolute rubbish. This is how I talk all the time. Yeah, what you do. What are you talking about? Lu- Lucy the Valley Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so good. My accent, like, I'm, I'm solid for, like, 3.5 seconds, and then I start, like, drifting off into, like, either back to my original accent or a totally different country. <laughs> Each time. But it's funny, it's funny like the um, stereotypical accents we have for each other because your idea of a British accent is like, I don't know. Pre, Not British. Pre-2000s <laughs> Mary Poppins, I don't know. Like. It's, like, it's like Pride and Prejudice, like British, like from yes. all the movies with Keira Knightley. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's her British accent. <laughs> It's not real. And do you know I what? Know. Yeah, no one speaks like that here. I know. It's like, hello. I'm all like, hello, good sir. Like, I'm so behind on the time. Oh, jolly good sir. Yes, dashing. Oh my gosh. It's so true. It's so my, true. My goal is to get you to speak in a Northern English accent. I don't even know what that means. Okay, every podcast from now on, I'm going to teach you a different English accent or oh, a UK perfect. accent. Okay. Oh, like I can't believe there's there's more than one. But like, yeah, just tell me the UK accent. Go. Well, that's you, right? <laughs> that's fucking you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No. Pardon my language, you guys. My bad. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, you, right? right? So there is so many different accents, which is like in the UK, it's mental. They you yeah. can drive an hour to a different place and they'll be speaking in a completely different accent. Wow. An hour, probably less. That's crazy. So I'm from the Midlands, so, right, it's a bit of a controversial topic, and any British people will know what I'm talking about uh, who are listening. So you have the North-South divide. Okay. And we're in the middle, but I would always side with the Northerners. Mm. Um, you Southerners are, you know, your typical, your posh London accents, they say uh, cap instead of cup and oh my gosh oh yeah it's a whole thing I can't even uh, imagine <laughs> but I would um, not know what the heck anyone's saying half the time <laughs> I'll teach you to I'll, how about I need to teach you a different um American accent every episode um yeah, let's see I can teach you like real hillbilly redneck like a like a slang um yeah. let's see oh this is one I just heard the other day um, <laughs> where there was a parent telling their child that they needed to do something. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. This is like real podunk. He, he said, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you're going to do. I was like, excuse me, what? Yep. That's what you're going to do. I'm like, okay. All right. Whatever that means. Let me have a go. Do it. <laughs> oh God, I need to get ready. <laughs> Oh my god, I like cackled into the microphone. Everybody close your ears. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. Oh, that was so beautiful. Oh, you are so good. You're gonna you're gonna fit in just fine, Lucy. I'm gonna I'm gonna fit in right. 
No, that oh, wasn't you don't fit in real right. You don't fit in real right, girl. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a shame. Like two Americans everywhere, you guys. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we so can am speak I. English. I'm so sorry. We can speak English. I promise. <laughs> I'm a Texan, all right. Sometimes I hear it real southern. Hello everyone, my name is Amber and I'm Lucy and today we're going to be diving into all about solo traveling so that's yes. something that me and Amber both really enjoy um, and we do most of the time when we're traveling and yes. it's something that we want to encourage a lot of people to do because I feel like a lot of people might be scared or nervous about it and um, so today we're going to aim to try and put your minds at ease and encourage you to do it. Yes, it's going to be so fun. I feel like most of the questions that we get from people when it involves being nervous or just kind of being uneasy about it, it's the aspect of being alone and kind of maneuvering the world, you know, by yourself. And it's, I know it sounds daunting, but really it's, it's not so bad. And things that seem so scary while you're sitting at home, like while you're leading up to your trip and anticipating it, once it actually happens and you're staring it in the face, it's really not that bad, you know? Exactly. exactly. And it's one of the most liberating and exciting things that you can do I think yes I'm telling you like I'm so spoiled with solo traveling now that I don't think I could like plan like every single trip of mine with someone else like I love traveling on I love the freedom that you get of traveling on your own like it's just like you said it's so liberating and you just get to like create your own path wherever you go you get to create a trip that's your own and like none of your memories are tarnished with anything else it's it's your memories that you crafted and it's just so nice exactly you get to be a bit selfish in a way don't you yes so selfish like <laughs> if, if you want to like wake up one day and lay in bed till noon you can and you don't have to worry about someone else next to you that's been really wanting to go to you know go see the eiffel tower or something at 7 a.m like you, you don't have to worry about things like that you can just pick your own schedule and you exactly. can just play and yeah. you can like make your own plans and if you you know if you like plans you can stick with whatever your plans you want but then if you meet some new friends or whatever and then they say oh do you want to come here or you see a new tour or you see something that's opened and you want to change your mind you can just do it you don't have to worry about upsetting someone else exactly and like that's the thing about solo traveling is people think that you're alone all the time which is so far from the truth like oh, i yeah. feel like solo traveling it's like honestly some of the times the most social that i've been while traveling because like when you travel with a friend or someone you're comfortable with you're not often going to step out and meet new people you might but not as much as you would be on your own because exactly i always yeah. say this always yeah. say this like how often is it that you you go outside shopping or you 
even like at home you will be more likely to talk to someone if you're by yourself than if you're with someone else you're going to stick with them you're not going to talk to anyone else exactly the, some of the best friends i've met abroad have been when i've been on my own same same i know and it's like a different type of friendship you know you just kind of share a different bond and it's just uh, it's it's so fun you you really meet the best people because they're usually like-minded they're travelers they're out there doing it on their own as well and it's just such a good experience. You, you can truly choose how social you want to be. If you truly just want to travel on your own, you can do that. Nothing wrong with that. But you have every single opportunity to meet people around every corner. You have no idea. Like it's, it's truly so easy to be social as a solo traveler. There's so many options for you. There is. Oh, yes. Out there. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, okay. So part of the thing that I think scares people about solo traveling is when it comes down to it, the things that aren't even like the biggest aspects of your trip sometimes seem like the scariest. And me and Lucy were talking about this. When, when we look back on our very first solo traveling experience, when we hadn't done it yet, we were preparing for that very first trip abroad on our own. We look back and the things that were so scary were like the smallest things that ended up not even being a big deal. So I think we want to break it down into steps, kind of starting from kind of like how we did on our spay and neuter mission episode. But this time we're going to break it down from researching your trip, getting to the airport, being in the airport, getting picked up from the airport, getting to your location, just like breaking it down in increments for you to listen, kind of hear our tips and hacks that we have, and just kind of explain situations. If you're, if you've never been to an airport on your own, or if you've never landed in a new country and had to find a taxi or things like that, we know it can sound really scary, but we're going to try to like explain our experiences to you so it doesn't sound so daunting. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Okay. So let's see. So first we're going to break it into steps. And I think the very first step that you have to think about is planning the trip in itself. Like the research that you're doing leading up to your volunteer trip. So Lucy, do you want to go ahead and kind of give us your experiences and tips on what's best for researching your trip? Yeah. So, um, obviously just depending on that, um, researching the actual place that you go in, um, researching into how to get around travel whether you're going to need a travel card like if it's Paris or you know getting the tube um yeah and what else like so I think like also to um researching the actual like organization that you're going to help as well is so important like there's little steps of researching like the the cities and stuff and we'll kind of break those down too as well but I think before anything happens just really like picking the place that you're going to I feel like that takes a lot of time and we're going to do a whole entire episode about the importance of really researching different volunteer organizations that you go help out because I mean, it's so easy to have a bad experience that could have been prevented if you like read some reviews. And I have a personal story about that with a really um, kind of toxic volunteer situation that I did not research at all before I went and it ended up being pretty awful. So we'll do a whole episode on that. So the importance of really researching the organizations that you're going to help out. Um, Look up their website, go to their Facebook page, look up reviews, look at Google reviews, go to their Instagram, see if there's any tagged photos, maybe message people who have been before. Like there's, there's no such thing as like too much research when it comes to these things. Cause I mean, like you're flying across the world, you are spending your money, you're using your time to go help these people. So you need to make sure it's going to be an experience that you enjoy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the first step is really researching the rescues that you're going. 
And then the next step, I guess this is more kind of like looking into the country that you're going in specifics, is looking into what you need as far as visas. Because I don't know about you, but I there's some places that I've wanted to go that I found out like waiting to get approved for a visa took like two weeks. And like if you waited to the last minute to do that, you might be out of luck. God, yeah. Well, when I was applying for the job in China for the bears, um, that was going to take quite a long time and then I had to go to the Chinese embassy in um well I think it was in Manchester it was um okay. and get everything sorted and the amount of paperwork and people were saying it had to be like crystal clear and perfect otherwise it'd get denied as well so don't yeah. leave it to the last minute because you're more likely to not fill it out correctly or make a mistake or not have the right things yes um, definitely it can give you some room for you know error yeah, there's nothing like ruining a trip with something that simple, you know, because I mean, yeah, they, they don't care what your reason is. If you show up and your visa is invalid and you haven't finished the process, you're, you're not getting in. So you need to make sure that you look that up properly. And it may be an, a simple pr process. It may be like a visa on arrival. Who knows? But you just never know. So if you're going to a place and you don't know the rules, make sure you do thorough research and from credible sources, like go to their embassy page for your country. Because yeah. I've seen some crazy things, especially with looking up like travel bans and things recently. People People are putting things on the internet that are like so far from the truth when it comes to this like don't trust anything besides what's on like an official like government website when it comes to visas and things like that yeah and then yeah. also researching how much visas are going to cost as well because oh yeah I don't know if you know this Amber but what? so basically I was gonna go and do an internship um in for a fall season in Kentucky um oh yes you told me about this yeah I'll tell you yeah but the visa was gonna cost me almost three thousand pounds yeah I can't even imagine that's insane I was like I don't yeah think I could do that. <laughs> right like that is insane yeah that's such a good point because like you could like money. yeah you could budget everything about your trip and be squared away and then find out that you have an expensive visa that you can't even afford for your trip so yeah like factor that into your cost I had some friends when I, um, I have my TESOL, I went to one of the times I was in Cambodia, I did an English teaching class and some of the people that I was there with, um, they didn't necessarily tell us how much the visas were going to cost and they weren't expensive, but some people didn't factor that into their budget and that really threw them off. So it's so important, like, especially, I mean, traveling in general, when you're saving your money leading up to this, you need to make sure you're like budgeting correctly. So visa research is important. Yeah. And then also researching vaccines, which are you're yes. probably going to have to have at some point in your life. Yes, for <laughs> and sure. You should have, and you should get. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think one of the ones that I've ran into that some, like, honestly, a lot of rescue organizations are requiring it now, just like for their sake and yours as well, is a rabies vaccine. I was going to say, is it rabies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've seen so many organizations now that won't let veterinary volunteers volunteer if they don't have a rabies vaccine. And I get yeah. it. It's totally valid. Yeah. No yeah. one wants rabies, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, like, sounds pretty awful. I mean, I've never, you know, had it, but it just seems pretty dang awful. Um, I'll pass on that. But... Ugh. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of bad about like vaccines going to certain regions like the, I mean, I think I did my very first trip to Thailand. I got like the typhoid shot and then I got, well, so I got my rabies then. And I think I got something else, but since then I've been kind of bad about getting like those vaccines, but I always, I think you should be rabies vaccinated no matter what. Yeah. I, I, when I, when I was getting ready to go to China, I had 
about five different <laughs> doctors' visits to get all these different vaccines. They cost oh me almost my gosh. quid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I didn't I'm even sure. Know. Yeah, it's oh well. well okay, I mean, some of those things they're still good though. Like it's like yeah, you yeah, have, they'll yeah. last. I'll just need to get boosters and things. But oh god, oh. I had to have so many. I had to have hep, hepatitis oh B. I'm and, so sorry. Oh god, I had to have loads. What? Yeah, I, I think I had that one as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I've had that too. That was like the first, like, yeah, I, maybe it was like, maybe it's like an Asian bundle package because like when I went to Thailand the first time, I think I got like four shots aside from my rabies injection. Oh God. Yeah. And like every week I was like, oh, don't touch my arm. Don't touch my arm. <laughs> <laughs> no time to heal in oh. between. And it's also, if you're like, un, like weary about what you actually need, I think there's, um, I can try to find the thing, uh, the link for it and link it in our podcast bio thing, whatever it's called. But, um, so on the vaccine website, cause they'll say like, there's generalized vaccines for like, you know, regions in Asia or Africa, wherever you go. But sometimes yeah. you can actually pinpoint the city that you're going to and it can actually say, okay, yeah, malaria isn't that big of a deal here in the city, you know, but then if you go out into the countryside, then you have a problem. So sometimes, you know, these vaccine websites can tell you, like, if you're going to volunteer in a city and you're not really going to be like in the middle of the jungle, then you'll probably be okay. And you can maybe save your money here and there if needed, if you know that you're not going to be branching out to those other regions, but just again, research, it all comes back to research, just making sure you're prepared ahead of time. Yeah. And safety is at the utmost, isn't it really? It, yeah, for sure. There's nothing worse than if you went somewhere and you got one of these horrible diseases and it just oh. ruined your whole trip and, yeah. you know, could put your life at risk. So really. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're like, it'd be nothing about. worse than ruining your trip, but I guess it would be awful to also put your life at risk. <laughs> no, yeah. ways, huh? I mean, you know, Hey, what's more important? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the next one, which it's funny because it just seems so small now because now we know that it's really not so scary, but we both agree that this was one of the like most intimidating aspects of our first solo trip was the airport in itself. <laughs> and it sounds so silly now because we know that it's really not that bad, but like I'm telling you, I had so much anxiety. I was like, I'm going to land in Thailand and nothing's going to be in English and I'm not going to know what to do and I'm going to be lost in the airport and I'm going to miss my flight and it's so not like that. <laughs> I know. And hey, I was even nervous about the English airport. I was like cuz I cuz I the only other times I've been in the airport was when I was like on a family holiday when I was a kid and everything looked scary yeah. and so busy and I was yeah. like what if I get lost? But right. it's, it's, so, it's, it's so many so daunting. members. Right. Well, there's people there that it's their job to help you. You will yes. not miss your flight or get on the wrong one. They're not going to let you on the wrong flight. Think of how no, difficult. Right. That's just not even possible now. Like literally it's, they will not let you absolutely will not let you on the wrong flight. And it's funny. Cause like you, you think of the airport as like this big, scary place and nothing's going to be like labeled. And it's so not true. Like every international airport I've ever been to, there is one that I'll mention that is kind of a pain in the butt, but every single international airport I've been to, there is multiple boards across every terminal that you're in telling you which gate arrows pointing to which direction to go maps telling you where to go. Like you said, there's a helper at every corner that you just, show your yeah. ticket to and they point you okay that way like and even so many times like when I land and my connecting flight is within 20 minutes and I'm running every single time internationally I don't know I guess it may be like this in the United States too but I'm never like visiting the United States but there's almost always an attendant 
waiting outside with a list showing like, hey, this is the flight we're taking off, let me guide you. Like if all the connecting flights, there'll be like five or six attendants sitting out there with signs pointing, like having your flight number if you're cutting it close and they're gathering everybody for that flight and running you away a secret way to get you there in time. Have you had that happen? Um, well, I was gonna say, have you ever run for a flight? I've never had to run alone though that's the thing like I guess I don't know if it's like a thing that they do like in Asian countries but there's always an attendant anytime I've ever landed and had like less than 30 minutes to make my flight there has always been an attendant standing out there gathering the few people that are also going to that flight and running us there yeah well the funny thing is when I go to Lapland so I've been to Lapland two winters in a row now uh working over there for a couple of months and um Every time it takes us two flights to get there because we go to, um, oh, where do we go? To like Southern Finland. And then we get a flight from there up to Avalo, which is the top um, of Finland. Um, But the the annoying thing is we got off the plane um, at one place and we literally have about, it seems like two minutes (laughs) that we have really really big airport um Robin Yemi that's what it's called um and yeah we literally have to run across the whole airport oh my god and then we get there like just in time and there's loads of people then they're normally already waiting on the plane for us or or we're like really cutting it really fine but they have to wait for us because it's a connecting flight yeah that's that's the thing too yeah again. Flight, they're gonna wait <laughs> yeah and like of course like if your if your flight is like an hour late or something then maybe not like if you're really really late you, they might have to push you but yeah if you're checked in and they can see that you're checked in from the previous flight and they know that they have people that are just landing that are trying to make it they will a lot of times stall the plane and so if you're ever like freaking out that you're gonna miss it just just hustle just you know walk quickly but a lot of times they will like wait for you not long of course but they, they'll know that people are waiting to connect so the airport really like they have a lot of things set in, into their movement that make it super easy I know it sounds scary and, and like it's still daunting sometimes just knowing that you have to maneuver a big airport is super annoying um but it's not bad. Like it, it sounds so terrifying, but I promise you, once you get there and you have your first solo airport experience somewhere abroad, you're going to realize how dang easy it was. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love going to the airport now. Do you? Yeah. Oh wow. There's there's some airports that I do really like, but I don't know if I could say that I love it. <laughs> it gives me a really good like. Oh again on holiday now (laughs) that's true it's always connected with like happy memories the one airport that i love so much is the one in singapore and that's like rated the number one airport in the world it's stunning like there's um this epic like waterfall area like it's like a whole exhibit and then when you're actually in the airport it's like a freaking mall they have a movie theater in there they have like a spa area they have a pool on the rooftop like people purposely plan long layovers to enjoy the airport it's crazy what i don't know what the nicest airport i've been in is oh probably in uh dubai oh i'm sure i'm sure yeah is that we, the, stopped over, we stopped okay. over there when we went to south africa and it was massive mm-hmm. and we had like six hours there or something wow. and we just fumbled around <laughs> i can't even imagine i can't even imagine what dubai is like like i yeah can't even imagine oh, <laughs> I dubai can't even imagine. is like 
very hot you like get off the really? plane and the heat and the humidity just smacks you in the face it's wow. horrible <laughs> oh my gosh I can imagine that's crazy I'm not a, I, I like obviously I like summer and stuff but that humidity I'm I'm yeah. more of a winter person when it comes to that sort of thing like that is just really? too, too hot I'm like <laughs> comfortable in my high 20s Forget it's above 30s. I'm a bit bit hot now. (laughs) I'm so opposite, dude. Like, I'm so opposite. Like, I love tropical climates. Like, I just feel at home. I love it. And it's funny because, like, I live in Texas and I complain about the heat here all the time. But when I'm traveling, (laughs) I prefer to be in tropical climates. Like, I don't know. I think it's just because, like, usually a beach is close. And that's what I associate it with. And I just love, like, tropical vibes. Like, I love, like, lush greenery and stuff. Like, it just makes me happy. So that's funny I like the idea of it it's just when I'm there you'll just hear out of my mouth all the time I'm too hot it's too hot yeah no yeah I totally get it it's not comfortable but yeah I would rather be hot than cold though yeah um, no no no. I would rather be I would rather be cold than hot really man it's easier to warm up than it is to cool down we're gonna have to meet somewhere in the middle Lucy like we have to meet in like a really neutral climate that like no, none of us can say it's hot or cold like we're gonna have to we're figure gonna it have out to meet in the UK <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to meet in the UK or yeah come, come over to America in fall time okay we can we'll hang out it'll be fun. okay perfect. <laughs> perfect all right let's see what's next do you want to kind of talk about like when you get picked up from the airport yeah um so normally when I've been traveling it depends if I'm with a volunteer organization or something like that usually they pick us up but it, yes. you know depending on who it is then they might not but they'll probably give you details on how to get to a place so yeah they'll probably say get on this bus or get on this coach and if you don't know where you're going or you're a bit nervous just ask someone they're going to tell you the right answer well probably yeah um, the only worker there yeah so just- for sure and the only thing that gets a little like kind of gray area is like so I always try like if you're volunteering with an organization or you know somebody that's like in your end destination ask to arrange a ride because it's just going to take a huge hassle off your plate and it's not that bad but if one thing that I can acknowledge can be a stressful experience is leaving the airport because sometimes you get bombarded with taxis who don't care where you're going they just want you to pay them you know because especially yeah. in Cambodia I think of Southeast Asia in general. This happened in Thailand as well. You get hassled by tuk-tuk drivers and like sometimes they don't even know where you're going and they're like, yeah, 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 I know where that is. And then you get in the tuk-tuk and they're like, where are you going? They, they don't know. They just wanted you in the tuk-tuk. So yeah. definitely try to arrange a ride. If you're with an, a volunteer organization, don't feel bad about asking. Just point blank, be like, hey, I don't know my way around. Could one of you guys come get me from the airport? Then most of the, I'm sure they'll say yes. Like I'm sure they will. They don't want yeah. you stressed out either. But if not, um, what I would do, and this has helped me, oh my gosh, this has saved me so many issues since I've done this, is download the map of the city you're going to before you go there. So you can do this with either Google Maps or Maps Me. It's an app. But what you can do is I'll say Google Maps is my favorite in particular just look up the city on Google Maps and then it has an option you'll see like on the side it says download a map and it'll pan out and you'll like do a square of the area you want to download it takes a couple minutes but then for 30 days you have that entire city downloaded to where you don't need wi-fi or data or anything to give directions in that region as long as you're in that region you don't need to be connected to internet 
So that way you can save routes too. Like if you know where your accommodation is, you can literally just hail a taxi and be like, I have it. And you can direct them there. Um, so that way, even if there's a language barrier, you can always point right and left and straight. And that way you have the whole route downloaded. So you know if you're going in the right way, you know if you're getting lost, um, you can you know feel a bit safer knowing that your taxi driver is going the route that you want them to. And it just yeah. kind of takes the stress away because sometimes if you just want to, you don't even want to hassle with trying to explain where you're going when you have no idea, you just have the map downloaded and everything is good. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, adding on to that, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but um, you hear like, not horror stories, but you hear stories um, of people saying like they've gone the long way around to get more money or something like that. So yeah, yeah like you said, use the map and make sure that they go in the right way. Um, and then sure. also like seem confident. So like when I have been to like Spain or France or something, I've like memorized the sentence to ask where I'm going. Yes, <laughs> so yes, I seem like a local. Sure. And then normally yeah. they charge you less as well. For They'll sure. charge sometimes they'll charge you more if they know you're a tourist and you don't know where yeah. you're going or anything yeah um, and yeah like research that as well research normal rates to get from an airport to the main city yes yeah, so important I forgot about that and, and yeah I normally like, go in and I say oh it's 20 isn't it or something you know yeah so that ha yeah haggle know. definitely haggle like oh, I mean there, if, if you don't want to haggle you know and you know that you're kind of getting ripped off as being a tourist then whatever no big deal but haggle for sure if you, if you feel confident enough but ask the volunteer organization what should be the maximum that I will have to pay for a taxi getting to my accommodation what what is it so that way you know if they're trying to pull one over on you which they will because why wouldn't they like yeah. they see a tourist show up they know they can get some extra money so expect them to try to pull one over on you but also something that's so important I've done this so many times because I get caught up in the moment and then I'm annoyed with myself after agree on a price before you get into the vehicle yeah like, because you'll be riding around and you'll be like oh crap um how much is this and they're like mm, 20 when you're like man because like what do you what are they gonna do what are you gonna tell them they already started going you know so <laughs> that definitely agree on a price haggle before you step foot into the tuk-tuk or the taxi or whatever it is because then that way I've never had them change their mind mid-drive I've had them like when I when you get there be like oh how about 15 and you can just laugh it off and give this set price that you agreed on you don't have to give them more um, but yeah, if you get into the car without agreeing on a price, that kind of gives them the advantage to just charge whatever they want to. Um, so definitely agree on the price before you get into the vehicle. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I've, I've literally done this so many times. I know I'm telling you to do it, but I forget. Like, I'm like, oh, yay. Yeah, get me in a vehicle. I'm so happy to be moving around. And then I'm in there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going <laughs> to, how much is this going to be? Because I didn't even ask. So Try, just you know don't do it because you're you're gonna end up paying double probably than what you would spend if you haggled a little bit and agreed before you got in yeah and then um so adding on to like the language thing um yeah so as I said like learn key phrases but then also just try and learn a little bit of like their lingo is it like obviously you learn the key phrase and then they'll say something back to you and you don't know what it means so like learn yes. a couple of like key phrases that you might use like I don't know what what time is it like for their yeah. bus or something um yeah or like greetings and stuff like a little things. basic conversation yeah yeah and I always think you know you're going to a new place it's the least you can do to be yeah. polite and try and learn a little bit of their language you know yes 
in their culture and things like that. So one I mean, phrase I'm a I've big always language needed fan. is where's the bathroom. I, that's something I've always like, it's crazy. <laughs> you don't even that think that about that. Yeah. You don't even think <laughs> about it. But then so many times you're in like a restaurant you're trying to like, Oh, like where's it been? They're just staring at you. Like what? So yeah. <laughs> learning like, how are you? Um, yeah. Where um, is, is a common one. Where yes, is where is. Yes, that's a good one as well. Um, I've honestly learned that right, left, and straight is a big one that I've had to learn. Yes. Sometimes when I'm moving along on a tuk-tuk and I'm saying like, right, 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 they're not even listening. Like they don't even register that I'm saying something to them. And you don't want to have to like tap them on the shoulder. It just feels weird, you know? So learning right, remember? left, and straight. What for Cambodia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So turn right is bat sram. Turn left is bat tway. And uh, straight is throng. So that's what I would always say. Oh, well done, Amber. Yeah. That was good. I had to say that about 25 times every day that I was there. So you would hope <laughs> that. And I remember where's the bathroom, or I don't remember where it's Bontuptuk. Yeah, that's that's where's the bathroom, Bontuptuk. And sometimes they Ooh. would understand it, sometimes they wouldn't, because like my accent isn't perfect. But, you know, it is what it is. I tried. <laughs> and they'll appreciate it. Like, I feel like they really do appreciate it when you try to learn the language. Yeah, but um, sometimes they might laugh at you for trying, but <laughs> don't take it to heart because yeah, they do yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a little giggle. Like, so many times they understood what I, I said and they would giggle and then, you know, answer what I asked. But, like, I mean, I feel like they have to appreciate it. I would. Like, I think it's great when people are trying to, like, learn English. And even if it's a little broken, who cares? Like, you're trying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's also another thing is to download Google Translate for like little things too sometimes. Like this is a, <laughs> this is a funny story I had. Like I just told you, like I can say bathroom in Khmer, 99% of the people understood me and we're like, okay, cool. But one time, so me and Regine, it's, um, she was a practice administrator at Peapods. We went on an, a mission where we ended up hitching a ride on a delivery van on the way back because our bus didn't show up. So we literally had to ask someone at the bus stop, can you help us? We need a ride back to Phnom Penh because we were like coming off of an island. And they were like, yeah, this delivery driver, they were delivering like lumber and like boxes of things. We don't even know what it was. They had two seats in their van and they were like, yeah, hitch a ride. So it's two white girls with these two Khmer men that didn't speak a <laughs> lick of English. And I had to pee so bad. I thought I was going to die. Okay. Midway. Like, you know, when you have to pee so bad that it like hurts, you're like, I'm going to die right now. So I was like, Regine, I, ha I have to ask them. I have to pee. Like I have to ask them. And she was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll go with you if you can accomplish this. So I'm like, hello, hello, you know, and I'm trying to say, can we go to the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. And they're looking at me like, what? Like, they have no idea. Even though I, I thought I knew what I was saying. And it works most of the time. But I guess my accent didn't work for them. I don't know. <laughs> and so I got Google Translate up and got bathroom. They're like, oh, okay. And then pulled over and let me out to pee, which was nice because I was going to die. So <laughs> Google Translate is amazing in so many situations. When it comes to just couple words at a time. If you're trying to do sentences, no, don't do it. It's not going to work. But like little words will help you a lot. So yeah, download Google Translate because that's really important to have. But yeah. also make sure that you've got a power bank with you yes. or like a good charged phone or, you know, one that holds charge well because you're probably going to be on it a lot and you yes. don't want to be caught without any contact to 
anywhere sure. or or google because you know google comes in handy <laughs> it really does yeah but yeah like having a charge phone and not even just a charge phone i honestly don't recommend that anybody travels without a power bank that's charged yeah. like charge your phone and your power bank at night because so many times my phone has died while i was out before i started using a power bank and it just makes your life just like difficult you know and yeah like charge your power bank in your phone before you start traveling. Cause like Lucy said, when you land, you're going to be on your phone more because you're going to be like following a map and like checking in with people and stuff. And you don't want your phone to die because that'll make your nerves even worse. Cause like, I mean, exactly. that, that is, that's a little scary <laughs> when your phone dies I mean, and you don't know where you are. Yeah. And something is probably likely to happen where you want to take a photo of it and then your phone's dead as well. Oh, so yes, I take a photo person because Me I too. think a photo holds a memory and Yes. Same. So. You don't want your phone to die. Yeah. Because like, especially when you like are getting settled and you're all excited and you're on your phone, man, if your phone dies when you're out, that is no fun. You just don't want to even deal with it. So travel with a power bank. Like I'm telling you, don't, don't even leave your country. Don't go anywhere without a power bank. Okay. You're going to need <laughs> promise. I She's swear. You. I'm telling you straight up, yo, this is the biggest thing. Get power bank. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. So next one, next one. And I guess this one kind of plant or depends on your, your phone that you have. And if you have an unlocked phone or not, like if you have an iPhone, but, um, if you have an unlocked phone, I don't even do like international packages abroad. Like, Oh, that just spends so much of your money. Just, um, you can get SIM cards in each destination you go to. And some of them will have like travelers packages at the airport, or you can just get a SIM card at like the local market and stores that you pass. But what you'll do is just pull out your SIM card from your phone and just save it. Make sure you hold on to it, stick it in your phone cover or something. Cause you're going to need it when you come back home. Um, but just buy a SIM card. And what you can do is those SIM cards will allow you to get data. And the most I've ever spent like for data at a time was like $20. And that usually lasts me like a couple weeks oh. in in Cambodia, I would just top up with 10 bucks and that would be my entire month of data on my phone. So do that. Don't like, if you have the option to trade out your SIM card, don't do any international packages on your phone. Cause it's just going to end up draining you for more money than you need to like, just do SIM cards. Do, is that what you usually do Lucy? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm quite lucky um, with most of the places in Europe that I've been, my data package on my phone allows me to use like data it's called home from home um okay and basically i don't have to pay any extra it just comes out as if i'm at home with my normal data using it but then i remember i just completely took that for granted when i went to morocco didn't even think about taking a sim card or anything yeah. and i there was like one cafe where i could go and get wi-fi and Aww. i used to have to be like walk all the way to the cafe get some wi-fi message home or you know yeah. download something um yeah but yeah, That's, it was a nightmare not having yeah, data. For sure, for sure. And getting a SIM just makes it to where you have data everywhere you go. You don't have to be hooked up to Wi-Fi. I mean, I'm sure we all know how it works, but it just helps so much because there's so many moments when you're riding around and you might need to Google something or you might need to make a phone call or text someone. Um, yeah. Or if you don't have your maps downloaded, if you need to get directions somewhere, like you're, you're going to need some form of communication. I honestly, I know a lot of people do rely on just Wi-Fi, but I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, no, especially in a, you know, if you're in a smaller town where yeah. there might not be as many Wi-Fi spots anywhere, exactly. or, you know, you never know, exactly. just have it just to be safe. For sure. Always. And that's another thing you can ask too. If you just don't really know how it works, just ask the volunteer project that you're going to or um, wherever, if you can have 
uh, information from somebody. Just say, hey, what is the situation? Is there like a place at the airport I can get a SIM because I really need a SIM card? Or sometimes if you're working, I've had, I've landed at a volunteer organization and they've taken me to a store to get a SIM card so I can get all set up for the month that I'm there. So oh, that's so good. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that should be one of your first priorities when you get into town within the first 48 hours, get a SIM card because it's just going to make your trip better. And it's, it's just safer. You always want to be able to be connected with the world. If you're in a new location, like you just, you need a SIM card. You need to figure out how to do a SIM card, or if you have to do an international package or something, then I guess so, if you have no other option, but it's just better than relying on Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. I just don't trust it, but I don't know. Okay, what's the last one? Um, do you want to kind of dive into, like, currency, like, knowing the money and the transitions and things like that? Yes, yeah, so a good, yeah, that's a good point, a general understanding of the how it translates between you know your currency and theirs because yes. you it, it's sometimes easy when you don't realize to not realize that you're getting ripped off yeah for a lot of things yeah. um until you like translate it back to your own what's the convert <laughs> it's not translate <laughs> i was trying to think of the word too i'm like oh <laughs> gonna think we, of it we got there eventually <laughs> yeah i got that um <laughs> so to convert it back into your own um but yeah so just research that as well and yeah. yeah research the actual currency because there's nothing worse than going to yeah. the place and not realizing sure. you've got the wrong money yeah <laughs> and yeah definitely and I've, it's funny I've had not had the wrong money somewhere but I've landed like before it was my first solo trip so this is just a little faux pas that you'll have all the airports will accept debit cards so like don't think you have to have your currency ready at the airport they will always expect uh, accept your card but I remember going I was so thirsty and it was like we landed I think in um, South Korea and I'm so thirsty we're about to get on to our next flight and I was like oh, I'm gonna go get a bottle of water and I just grabbed some cash out of my wallet and it was bought it was Thai bought and I go to pay with it and they're looking at me like you're stupid <laughs> and I was like what and I didn't understand and then I was like oh shit okay so I was no longer I was no longer in Thailand so yeah oh. you know just kind of understand currency and like how it goes I just really didn't even get it I didn't understand the premise of like other currencies yet I was so confused on what was what so yeah I try to just have a general understanding and maybe like everybody has different opinions on when they get out the currency, whether it's at their home airport and have it with them when they land, or if it's getting it in their end location, just think of whatever makes you feel more comfortable. I know some people say you get ripped off at the airport, but to me, sometimes I would be okay with spending a little extra for the comfort of knowing that I'm landing with the money ready in my pocket and I don't even have to like stop and search. Yeah, that is what I do as well. People yeah. always say like, oh, why don't you get it before? And yeah. I, don't, I don't think that the um difference is that much either I don't think so either I'm probably think only so saving either. like 10 pounds or something yeah like there's it obviously depends on how like, much you're taking even, but. yeah for sure like I always just whenever I'm in my home base because anytime you land every anytime you're in an international airport like in your hometown when you're about to take off abroad they'll have um currency exchange so I just would be like yo like I need to get out however much makes you feel comfortable whatever maybe not for your whole entire trip but at least something to have in your pocket for when you're finding a taxi and things like that and because yeah. I've landed sometimes on the other side where it's I'm kind of in a rush and they're like sometimes they like push you out the door when you get your luggage and stuff that I haven't always found like a currency exchange right there and it would it just would have been nice to get it you know when I took off rather so even if you end up paying more I don't know but I would just get it before you go yeah I normally get it um in the airport of my departing yeah that that's that's what I meant yeah yeah 
yeah and then also uh, maybe we should mention as well about like having um travel cards um what do you what do you mean cards cards that um don't charge you for spending abroad like i have a monzo card i know there's different types there's like a monzo card there's a revolut card there's all different types but basically it's just yeah they're really good um and i mean i use mine at home on my monzo it allows you to like um track how much you're spending and it splits it into things like shopping eating out drinks nice. all sorts it's really clever so you can see how much you've spent like over the month nice. um, i haven't learned that lesson yet i still travel with my same debit card that i've had i literally have the same debit card since i graduated from college <laughs> and i get oh, i get screwed over in fees all the time. Like when I was living in Cambodia this last time, I was going to the ATM like once a week to get cash out. And every time it was charging me like seven bucks and <laughs> I don't, it's, it's silly. I don't know why I have it. So you're so right. That is such a good idea to get a travel card. Yes. Get one. Honestly, it saved me so much money, but also so much hassle. Like I'm terrible at carrying cash. Yeah. Um, and I always think that you should carry like a little bit of cash for, you know, if you find yourself stuck in a place or you don't, sure. you know, to get on a bus or something abroad, but um it's it's so much easier like going out to eat and things that you don't you know you don't have to keep all your cash on you because sometimes that you can feel a bit risky or yeah and then you don't want to worry about not having enough just take your card it's so much easier yeah for sure for sure I know there's a lot of debate like I've always been told like just take cash. Don't leave your debit card or don't have your debit card with you. Leave it at home. But like, I honestly haven't done that. I just make sure that I'm really careful that I hold on to my bag or like I put my wallet, stuff it in my shirt or something. Cause you're right. Like I've had situations where I've ended up spending more cash than I intended on. And then I needed more. And like, what are you yeah. going to do when you don't have your debit card with you? But the thing I mean, I is guess- like, if you, if you have it on your person, surely that's safer than having it at home just don't flash it around I guess it depends honestly though because like in Cambodia um petty theft is a big thing like I've never experienced it just because I feel I mean it can happen to anyone even if you're careful but I've kind of done things to make myself a bit more safer but in Cambodia with certain purses they'll either pull it off of you or they'll cut the straps and run off with your purse so yeah that happens in Southeast Asia a lot particular on like tourist areas um it's just opportunity crimes, you know, but what I've done is I, um, I have a purse that I actually bought it in Cambodia where it's like a really, really thick strap that can't be cut and it's a satchel. So it goes across my body and it's a thick thing that can't be cut. But yeah, I see women in Cambodia before that had like flimsy little string purses hanging on their shoulder (laughs) where people will go by and cut it and run off with their purse. I've seen it before. So just make sure you, if you do bring your stuff with you, like you can, maybe either stick a wallet like in your bra or something, maybe stick it in a front pocket, your wallet, or have a purse that has a really thick strap that goes across your body. Never just hang something off your shoulder because you're just asking for trouble that way. Yeah. Um, So yeah, like, but yeah, back to what we were saying. I do bring my debit card with me a lot of times, but yeah, I just make sure that I'm taking the steps to keep myself safe, keep my bag safe because- it's it's how that goes with everything doesn't it just being um mindful and safe is important you have to keep your wits about you when you're traveling exactly exactly something you get used to it just becomes like a second nature 
It does. It does. And yeah, like in terms of like areas that petty theft is more prevalent, just do your research because I, it's hard because sometimes these places get labeled as dangerous because there's a high incidence of petty theft, but I honestly don't think that it makes it dangerous. I mean, I've never seen, it's not like random crimes, you know, like random violent crimes. It's more just like there's someone with an easy steal. I'm going to steal some cash real quick. So, but I've never seen anybody just like stop someone at knife point and like, you know, hurt them. It's always just like snatch here's my bag snatch here's your purse it's things like that so you just just research (laughs) areas and see if it's common just to know like how on guard you need to be um and like just to maybe plan ahead like I know some people um have like little waist things that they put under their shirt where it's almost like um like a little wrap that serves as a wallet like you can stick your cell phone in there in a wallet and it goes under your shirt um or like get like a sturdy purse like there's travel purses that you can't like cut and stuff like that so just I mean just be smart I mean maybe some places you won't have to deal with it but a lot of times if you're going to like more poor countries petty theft is just it's gonna happen it's nothing personal (laughs) they just you know (laughs) some money and it's just gonna happen so yeah Okay, so now that we kind of broke down the steps that seem so much scarier than they are, let's just kind of talk about like some basic things. Um, So the next one would be like kind of discussing accommodations. And a lot of times, like we really urge you guys to talk to the rescues, um, ask them, do you offer accommodation or what do you recommend in terms of accommodation? Because that way they can either tell you like, hey, like you can stay for free or like a, a budget price. If you volunteer with us, we have something on site. Or a lot of times they work with like local guest houses or hotels or families that offer places to stay. So you don't ever want to miss out on like a discounted price or a free place to stay if you don't ask them, you know? Yeah, exactly. And normally they're really nice places as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And if that doesn't work out, then like the next options can be like nearby hostels or Airbnbs. I'm an Airbnb traveler now. I did, you know, used to be into the hostel life, but now I've kind of settled into being an older, an old lady. <laughs> and I like my Airbnbs. <laughs> You are not an old lady. (laughs) I know. I'm just such a creature of like comfort now. I just love coming back to my own space at night and being alone. I just can't do the hostel life anymore, but it's wonderful. I love the hostel life. I love it. You're younger. You're a lot younger than me. (laughs) You're like, I feel like um, a lot of people have like, if you've never been in a hostel, you have an idea of what it is like. And I'll tell you that it's not like that (laughs) no 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 for sure I've never been in a awful hostel like and normally the ones I go in like the cheapest (laughs) no same I've never been in an awful one at all either but I I have if you're the type of person that wants your for sure set in stone alone time at night then you might go the Airbnb route that's the only that's the only reason I do Airbnb is because I'm an old lady and I like to come home and have my night routine and lay in my own you know I'm just like that now but in terms of everything else that you ever hear bad about hostels, a lot of times it's so far from the truth. Yeah. And especially if you're solo traveling as well, I think that a a hostel is probably like one of the best places to go because you're full of, they're just full of like-minded people that are probably there on their own as well. And some of the, again, some of the best people that I've met, I've met in hostels and then it like, it, uh, knocks down like a domino effect like I've met people in a hostel or met people somewhere and then they I go and see them in their country and then yes. I meet people in that one and then I meet I go to there and you just meet yes. people network everywhere and it's just lovely 
Yeah, it's so true. Like, cause I mean, like every morning, like a group of people will be going out to do something that day. And a lot of times it's very rare that you'll be there that they're like, I'm going on my own. No one could come with me. Like that doesn't happen. They're always like, Hey, I'm going here. Anybody want to join? And then you end up having a group to kind of like explore the city that day. Or like you end everybody like at night is like, Hey, we're going to go out. Everybody want to come. And like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like a group atmosphere and you meet a lot of people. And it's really good for people who are social butterflies that like want to go yes. traveling alone, but they really don't want to be like totally isolated. It's the perfect yeah. option. Cause then it's also really budget friendly. I mean, hostels, if you pay more than like 20 a night that's silly if it's a hostel honestly and you usually get good it's still good like it's really yeah. rare that the ones that I've run into that are kind of like eh, dumpy sometimes was in Thailand there was some for like four dollars a night which can get maybe a little, a little rough but the people <laughs> are still just as kind um yeah but yeah like it's it really it's the best way to meet people if you do really want to chat still if you want to have people to go explore the city with it's it's a really good atmosphere um but again it, you can do you can be any kind of traveler you want to be that's why i was mentioning the airbnb too because like while i did have my time where i really loved like going to the hostels and stuff now i like you know my alone time so you can be still be budget friendly in airbnb as well so ask the volunteer people um, what they recommend in terms of accommodation. Look around um, at hostels. Again, maybe ask the volunteer people if they know of any good hostels that they recommend as well. And then Airbnb areas um, or houses in that area. And all of those are really budget friendly over hotels. Like hotels are so much more expensive. Yeah. Than but also, yeah, speak to um, the other volunteers as well and see if you want to go halves on a place or if there's yeah. more share a place because they'll probably all be up for that and that was yeah. what the recipe might say as well is oh there's for a lot sure. of you and we can try and get you a discount or something that's oh, what yeah. we do in sardinia with vets beyond borders we um they get us a little bit of a discount on this lovely little house um and then we all share it and it's it's really nice and you can cook meals in there all together that's awesome and, and, uh, but oh yeah that's, that's another thing I like about Airbnbs is you have your like little kitchen and stuff so it's you exactly. can save some money make food at home because that's what'll get you eating out for every meal <laughs> that's what'll yeah. get you up there but then as well uh, maybe worth mentioning is hostels as well sometimes they do like free deals like breakfast is included or yes. they'll give you like offers on because normally a hostel will have their own restaurant or something as well so they'll give you like if you're staying yes. you get discount on that yes um, look for places normally, that have restaurants yes yeah, and normally they have happy hour as well, so you get they like, do, and they'll have like it's also cool like going to hostels and stuff. They'll have guided tours and stuff a lot of times, where like they have yeah. you know every week they'll be like, hey, you know, every Wednesday, every whatever, we all get together and go here. So like they'll plan things for you that you get a lot of discounts that way too. Because if you went off to like a tourist agency for those things, a lot of times they're a lot more expensive than when you stay at a hostel and they mm -hmm. arrange the tours for you. You get a pretty significant discount, and then you get to go with some really cool like-minded people so all around like accommodation can really make your stay so try your best yeah. to kind of look into what option you think would suit you talk to the volunteer organization for sure I, I don't ever recommend just going in blindly when it comes to accommodation <laughs> try to use your resources to figure out what would be best um and go from there. But again, if you're going to help out like an animal clinic or an animal rescue, it's really rare that they're not going to have some type of um, recommendation for you, whether it's staying there or a place that they know a lot of people have stayed before. Yeah. And yeah. just as a, um, if you are going away solo traveling and you 
are like going on a budget and you are probably going to look at a hostel just as an example of like how lovely they are so when I first went on my first solo trip I went to Paris and I um turned up at the hostel with my bag um, and I took it upstairs and then I went down to the bar and there was a big table of like just loads of random people like they all looked quite young like my age and I just walked up to them and I was like hey can I join you and they were like yeah yeah come and join yeah. us I'm this and it was so nice I was like I'm gonna like all of you yeah. <laughs> and then like that's when I met um two really good friends um yeah. and we all spent the next day together it was so nice literally just talk, go up to talk to people people yes. aren't gonna be like mm, no you're not talking to us because how often would you say that to someone yeah else? that was exactly that I have that. never had that happen ever no never especially like <laughs> another girl or something that's never gonna happen you know and that's yeah. the thing too that you wouldn't experience if you were traveling with someone. You probably wouldn't step out and meet new people. So that's another big bonus to traveling solo is you get to, I mean, like how cool is it to have friends all over the world? Like I always sit back and think like, how wild is it that I know this person when we literally never would have met each other? It's crazy. It's a weird concept. <laughs> this podcast wouldn't be happening right now. I know. <laughs> I know. talk to strangers. <laughs> it's so true. Literally. <laughs> literally. What I know it. You what? What would my mother say? <laughs> We're like promoting it. Go talk to all the strangers. Yeah. It'll be so fun. Don't worry. <laughs> I know it. Hey, within reason, you guys, okay? Still yeah. still be smart, but it'll it'll probably be okay. <laughs> probably be okay. All right. So the next thing is um talking to the volunteer organization or wherever you're going about like getting around town. What is the best way? A lot of places have like their own systems that work best, whether it's Uber, whether it's um what is it? Um I'm thinking, so I had Pass App in Cambodia. We also Ooh. had yeah, Pass App was like an Uber for tuk tuk. So I used it every single day. Um there's it's, it was amazing. I don't know what I would have done without it. Um, there's Grab. Um, just, you know, there's different ride sharing apps or like, you know, there might just be like um, motorbikes or taxis that you can hail. Who knows? Like every um, region has their own like system set up to where it's more budget friendly, whatever it may be. So just ask the volunteer organization, what do you recommend for me getting around town? Like, should I hail a taxi or should I use Uber? Like, just, just ask them and they can help you. Yeah. Or if you can, then walk and yeah. see the place as well for sure for sure yeah and that's where your google maps will come in too if you have it downloaded you yeah. can just walk around town all day and you won't have to get lost or anything you can just explore and know that you know no matter how far i go i know how to make my way back you have your map downloaded and you're good and look if you do get lost and hey if your phone dies and your battery pack doesn't work <laughs> ask someone if you don't yeah. know where it is people yeah. are nice yeah, I know there sure. is bad people out there, but there's also good people out there. And exactly. Exactly. And you, no. even if there is someone that's trying to take advantage of you, like you, you, you have an idea of what's going on. Like you can generally tell like maybe this person, I'm not, uh, it's okay. I'm going to keep walking and ask the next person. Like we're not yeah. like, yeah, we're not like total victims in the sense that we're just helpless. Like we still have our <laughs> senses about us. Like we know if we're talking generally <laughs> to somebody who actually is trying to help us find our way home. Like it's not, you know. It's not as scary as you may think it is, or people describe it to you when you're walking around and you're talking to a stranger. It's, it's, I guess it can be challenging for people to understand the difference in it when you're solo traveling and how to like know who means well and who doesn't, but generally it'll be okay. To be like, it, a bit, you'd have probably the same reaction if you ask someone in your hometown or in, you know, 
somewhere that you're from yeah, I think exactly probably no, worse sure. I could probably ask someone <laughs> in my town and be like where is this and they'll probably tell me the wrong place yeah for sure no <laughs> it's probably be more honest and more kind yeah. no for sure yeah I've never had an issue when I was like hey like do you know where this might be or like pulling up a photo on your google maps or something of your hotel or whatever it may be I've had people be like oh okay okay yeah like go that way like go recognize it I've never had anybody try to like you know I don't know take advantage of me when I'm asking no, for directions I've, I've never no, had that happen or even like when your phone dies like I've gone into shops and been like can I just sit down and charge my phone for a second they're like yeah 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 no problem maybe you'll buy like a coffee or a tea or something while you wait no big deal and then charge it up and you're okay again like those things happen and you'll figure it out as you go I know the unexpected things seem scary but really once you're facing it it's not bad it'll be exactly. okay yeah yeah all right. So next thing, one of the last things we'll talk about is um, making sure that you set aside time for yourself on these trips, because, you know, so maybe you're solo traveling and you're not volunteering at an organization. That way you can plan your whole trip. But a lot of times if you're traveling in vet med, you're dedicating a lot of your time to these rescues. And, you know, you can understand how sometimes they could take advantage of your time because they really need the help. But you have to really advocate for yourself in setting aside days to explore the area that you're traveling to. Because how silly would it be to travel across the world to stay in the walls of an animal rescue and then fly back home? Like, no, you need yeah, to set exactly. aside days that you will be like, hey, I'm here to help you, but I'm spending a few days exploring the city because uh, I should, you know? Yeah, it's, it's getting a balance, isn't it? I think mm -hmm. it'd be such a disappointment to not be able to see see the place so yeah even if you have to um you know extend the trip a, a bit just so that you can do that and you know yeah. pay for some some other accommodation while you're there but yeah you know, exactly. a lot of these places will do a course over a couple of weeks at least so hopefully you'll get weekends yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. And if it seems like you're just working all the time and you haven't gotten a chance, then, you know, don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Just be like, hey, I really want to explore tomorrow. Like, is it okay if I like maybe get out of here a little early tomorrow and go explore? Like, I mean, people have to understand that you're traveling to a new region and you want the full experience. And I don't think you'll ever run into an issue. I think most of these organizations will understand that you want to go out and explore. And like Lucy said, you can always, I mean, I always recommend setting, for sure, giving yourself a day at least before you start working when you land there. I would do a couple days, honestly, because with jet lag and then giving yourself some time to explore the region, you're going to want a couple days or maybe plan a couple days after whatever works for you. Um, just, yeah, give yourself some time to explore because it's just not worth it to travel. I know we're there to help the animals, but also like, again, this has to be an enjoyable experience for us. Yeah, I agree. And then also um, ask the people at the rescue as well, because they'll probably live there or be local to there. They'll know so many lovely hidden gems and places to go. Oh my gosh, yes. That's the best. Locals, the best people to ask. Yes, for sure. You have to. And I know, like, I understand wanting to go to the big tourist sites, because, like, I mean, you should. If you have the time, you should go check it out. There's nothing wrong with that. But the best ones are just, yeah, the little hidden gems and little things that people don't, you know, advertise as much. Like, those are, like, the most lovely places and the most authentic, you know, because a lot of these yeah. tourist attractions are kind of watered down. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with going to see them. You should. And you're helping to give back to um, their economy and everything by going to these big tourist sites and giving them money. But also, yeah, like step out. Don't be afraid to kind of like get out there. Like, for example, one of my favorite places in Phnom Penh um, was there's like this graffiti street. And the only way to figure out where it is now, I know where it is, of course, but I found it by Googling articles because I really love like seeing street art when, when I go places. I've just been fascinated by it. 
And I looked up like street art in Phnom Penh and apparently there was like this whole district of graffiti. And the only way to get to it, because I was like looking it up on Google Maps, it's like not registered as anything. I found an article that had Google Maps coordinates. So I was like, okay, I guess we'll see how this goes. So I like plugged in the coordinates and got a ride to it. And it like pulled me up to like this kind of like sketchy alley. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm just gonna walk a little bit further. It was daytime, you know? And then I turned the corner. I'm in the middle of like this cute little like neighborhood kind of where it was all just like graffiti art. It was almost kind of like described being in like, um, like almost like, you know how like in the sewage system, how you're like enclosed by cement walls and stuff, but you're walking through it. It was kind of like that, but like graffiti everywhere and then like little restaurants and stuff. And it was like a little bit more run down than the touristy part of town, but it was so cool. Like I loved that area so much. And that's not listed on any of the tourist sites. Love authentic things like that. Yes. It's so fun. And like, that's also too, you can like all the art is done by, you know, locals who are, you know, really talented. So you can really take or take pictures with their stuff too. And they like, you know, posting it and promoting their stuff. And just, I mean, it's just so fun. Like things like that, you, you would never see if you just stuck to like the top 10 list that Travelocity, you know, things that you should <laughs> see when you're in that city. So definitely branch out ask the locals maybe ask people who um live in the area like doesn't have to be the locals maybe ask you know foreigners that live there and they settle down what what should i do just ask everybody yeah definitely for sure Uh, i love i love um art in the streets and things like that like there's some beautiful art in morocco like every wall you turn it's incredible wow i'm sure i'm always just mesmerized like just and a lot of times you get to watch them doing it too like oh i love it i can sit and and watch them for ages yes it's so amazing people are so talented i'm like how do you do that with your hands (laughs) like how does that come out i don't get it it's crazy so last thing like i get i don't and i guess i thought about this as well too like before i started traveling solo i didn't do a lot of things alone so like excuse me sitting alone at a restaurant seemed kind of daunting in general but sitting alone in a restaurant in you know another country seemed kind of weird so just bring things with you that can kind of like give you something to do while if you're sitting alone somewhere and just feel a little like kind of awkward like I always have books with me so no matter what if you're out eating alone I mean it's not a big deal in general no one cares but if you feel weird just pull out your book and start reading or like give yourself like some people I've seen people knitting and stuff like it just depends like just bring something with you to occupy your time if you feel a little awkward being alone sometimes so yeah I do that I like yeah. to take a book as well same I always have a book on me because like there's not you know there's nothing weird I mean nobody's gonna care that you're sitting alone anyways but if you feel weird if it makes you feel better to not just kind of be sit- sitting there twiddling your thumbs just you know bring a book with you or something to do to like pass the time so you're not just kind of sitting there it's interesting do you um do you ever go out for dinner on your own in your hometown no I don't I never do I have done like quite a few times, but only since I've done it abroad. And I think it's actually quite nice. It's a bit of time to myself. I'm sure it would be. Yeah, I quite like it, you know. I honestly do. And I'm I think, sure it would be. I need, I need to do it. The only thing I do on my own is I go to coffee shops and like, I mean, work and have coffee and like, you know, baked goods and things like that. But yeah, I've never really gone to eat by myself in my hometown. It's weird. Yeah, no, I think that's... And I think maybe that's a good point as well to make. So if you're, if you are nervous about traveling abroad, it, it can be a big, big thing for your first 
if it's your first trip but I can assure you probably you'll do it and then you'll want to do it again like everyone yeah. says once they've done it they want to, they want to do it again yeah for but, sure um, maybe just get used to being in your own company because it's something that not a lot of people do yeah outside of the walls of their own home so just go out for a walk by yourself or go for a meal by yourself and just get used to that yeah because for sure I think it, it is quite alien to people and people don't do it yeah no I agree I never did anything alone before I started traveling on my own and I think that's what was so crazy to people who knew me when I was like I'm gonna go somewhere by myself they're like really okay but it's so liberating like and it really does that's the thing is it introduces you to like a whole different side of yourself because um I don't know. I just have never been as brave and as confident in just my own skin as I am when I'm traveling on my own. Like, I just feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah. I feel like I'm willing to push the boundaries more. Like, I'm just feeling like I'm ready and excited to do things that I wouldn't normally do back home. And I just feel like a different person when I'm traveling on my own. I don't know what it is. So if, even if you're someone who doesn't like doing things on your own and you're just kind of nervous, I guarantee you, like when you step foot off that plane, you'll just find confidence in yourself that you didn't really even know that you had. And you exactly. just go through the flow and maybe you'll have to like problem solve throughout the day, but it's fun. Like nothing is usually ever so drastic that it's really that stressful. Like you just kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah, exactly. Can I say something really cliche? Oh, of course. <laughs> do it. I'm ready. <laughs> you really do find yourself when you're abroad by yourself, like on a solo trip. You I really do it. find yourself though, don't you? Like, and it's not in the way of like, well, I, I can't actually say, I've never actually seen it. Um, oh, what's it called? Where she goes um, to India? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, eat, pray, love. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually seen it, but um, it's... Yeah, you just get to know yourself, what you like, and how brave you are. You you do, you do. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. be sitting there, but you do no, know what I mean. <laughs> it's true. It's so so true. It's cliche, but it's so true. Like I've literally, I've learned so much about myself, even just in these last two years, because that's the most like solo solo traveler I've ever done, and actually living abroad and just having a bunch of time with myself. And yeah, like I feel like I know myself the most I ever have in these last couple of years, and. Yeah, just the most and you confident. More. And I yeah. think, especially if you're a person that you you don't realize, but you might actually just rely on other people, whether it be your partner or your family or yeah. your friends, like you rely on them quite a lot. Then yeah. it, you'll realize actually you can do a lot more than you think you can. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know about this is kind of unrelated, but still related to solo traveling. Is one aspect that I never thought about before is it's so nice to have a travel experience and a memory that isn't tied to someone else. Because I've never honestly done a big trip with like a significant other or anything like that. But I can acknowledge that people who have traveled with like their boyfriend or their wife or whatever and had you know ended up breaking up later, they look back on like that trip and it's like just kind of tarnished, you know, because you had it's time spent with another person and when you're traveling on your own like all of your memories on your are your own you know nothing can take that away from you nothing can tarnish it it's just you and your experience and I love that about solo traveling is no matter who's in your life who's not in your life like that memory is yours and it just doesn't you know you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah I know what you mean that's a yeah. good point isn't it yeah you're never gonna break up with yourself <laughs> yeah never never and that that memory is all your own like yeah I that's what's so great about solo traveling is yeah no, nobody can take that experience away from you and it is what you make of it and um it's just such a wonderful opportunity that you should give yourself you you should you, you deserve yeah. it you should get out there and do it 
I think everyone should do it at least once and by at least once I mean people will do it once and then they'll want to do it again <laughs> exactly yeah there has to be an at least there because it's going to be much more than that exactly and, and it's funny because it's called solo traveling but you never really are on your own right that's what I was just about to say it's so true yeah. you can truly decide how on your own you want to be like I said if you really just want to disconnect with the world and do things by yourself you can but you don't have to like literally not at all you don't have to be alone a single second that you're there yeah oh how beautiful right oh man <laughs> again like I said print, print out our stuff and put it on a canvas yo <laughs> not that okay but before we wrap up just wanted to do like a quick um mention of apps that you should download before you go on a trip and there's so many other things we can talk about with solo travel that i think we'll do like a part two solo travel 101 as well but um apps to download ahead of time make sure you do it ahead of time because what if you don't you know have wi-fi and all this stuff whatever so whatsapp for sure everybody communicates on whatsapp because yeah. Yeah, your home phone number is not, it's, you're not going to be able to communicate with the people that you meet in another country easily. So download WhatsApp, literally everybody's on it. Like, I never heard of WhatsApp until I started traveling. And now I talk to everybody. Yeah. On it, right? <laughs> Did you ever use it before you traveled? No, not really. Yeah, me neither. So WhatsApp is basically just kind of like um, a texting and phone call app for like phone numbers around the world. Like, um, and there's no like extra charges or anything. It's just, you can communicate easily with people who have a phone number aside from one in your own country. So WhatsApp, you need to download it. That's how everybody talks. Google Maps, like we talked about. Google Maps or Maps Me, um, they both, you can download the maps ahead of time. I think it downloads them onto your phone for a month, and then you can navigate around the cities you go to without any Wi-Fi or data. The next one is Google Translate or any type of translate app. Uh, that one's super helpful for like small words and little translations that you need throughout the day. And then this one is just a fun one for me, for if you're a vegan or a vegetarian. <laughs> so um, Happy Cow is an app that I downloaded and it's been around, I think for a couple of years now and people have used it so much that it has like a huge database of restaurants. And basically what you do is you, uh, it'll pick up your location where you are and it'll pull up a bunch of different vegan and vegetarian restaurants in your area, whether it's so a restaurant. Same. Yeah, it's amazing. And like, it might be a restaurant that has a vegan option or it may be just like an all vegan restaurant or vegetarian restaurant. And it'll tell you the ones closest to you and just all of them in the surrounding area. So it's amazing, especially like people will leave reviews and like photos of things and like talk about how accommodating they are to like vegan diets and things like that. It has literally helped me. I, I use it a couple times a week anytime I go somewhere to help me find somewhere to eat. It's so helpful. And just to give a little bit of a well just to give a bit of a teaser to everyone we're gonna do a whole episode on food yes <laughs> yes we both love food yes and it'll be fun to like talk about the vegan standpoint of things and then you as well like I feel like you know everybody can kind of get something out of it yeah and we let everyone loves food really yeah you know for I mean? sure like don't lie you eat it you you eat it we know you do so you're gonna love it, love it. You right do. you do you do <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot of fun episode ideas. We're excited. Like, there's just so many topics that can, we'll be talking about something and then it'll branch off. And we're like, oh, that's something we can talk about too. Yeah, earlier I was talking about a Christmas episode, which I'm oh already God, she, was. <laughs> she was. She was like, we should do an episode on Christmases around the world. And I'm like, you know what? I'm for it. I'll do it. <laughs> I was telling her about how Cambodia actually, like, thoroughly celebrates Christmas. I was shocked because I was there 
this last Christmas and I was shocked when I was walking into every store and there was Christmas trees and Christmas lights and I was sitting in coffee shops annoyed at how much Christmas music I was hearing. I was like, what is happening right now? How it was can you get up, up, um, upset about how much Christmas music you're hearing? <laughs> hey, you I was, know, I was literally hearing it every day, all day, Lucy. I couldn't <laughs> even believe it. Like there was one day that I was laying at the pool. It's like an infinity pool, like in hundred plus degree weather and let it snow was playing. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Did I, like, <laughs> I don't understand. It was so weird, especially because like in Cambodia, like most of them didn't even, I've never experienced snow, you know, like they've only seen videos of it. So it's just so funny to like hear Christmas songs, like a Christmas theme and like winter things when like in such a hot tropical, it was just, it was very <laughs> weird. It was, it was nice to kind of feel like, oh, like kind of felt like a little piece of home wherever I went, but it was really oh, interesting. Really? So holidays abroad are really cool. Yeah, we could even do a Halloween one. Ooh, ooh, I, I've never experienced a country. I've seen, they will have like bars, we'll have Halloween nights and stuff, but I've never seen anything outside of that. Hey, but hang on, you're, oh. What? Can I say this? You're going to be in South America, so oh, yeah, you might be the Dia de los Muertos. Oh my God, what month is that? October, isn't it? Oh, oh no, I, I don't actually know. I don't know either. I guess I'm going to have to learn. Yeah, you guys, Um, I we're, we were going to say it at the beginning, but we forgot. But um, it's all <laughs> set in stone. I mean, okay, I guess I can't say 100% because Corona, you just never know what's going to happen. But I think I've got everything locked down. I've talked to the embassy, like I've talked to the Airbnb host, talked to the hotel host. I think I've got it. So um, the last week of August, I am flying into Quito, Ecuador, and I'll be doing a 15-day quarantine at a hotel because that's the only way they let you enter is if you quarantine and you have a COVID test. I have to be COVID tested before I go, COVID tested on arrival, do a 15-day quarantine. But then after that, I get to take off and live in Quito, which I will be doing. So I leave the last week of August and I'll do my two week quarantine. So then it'll put me into like the second week of September. I'll be like a little Ecuadorian citizen. Not, not really, but <laughs> a kind of for like 90 days, I get to pretend that I am one. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I don't know how we got onto that topic, but yay, I'm excited. I hope nothing changes because like I was telling Lucy, like I want so bad to be like thoroughly excited the way you could before, but I, you just, you don't know. Like, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I mean, I kind of want to be excited, but I guess we'll just see. I just have to, anything can happen, but you know what? I got all of my hotels stay in my Airbnb it's all refundable. So like, if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world and it'll just be pushed back. But I think Ecuador though, I think they're really hurting economically and they just figured, you know, if people are willing to quarantine and actually follow the rules, um, then hopefully it's not bad. And it seems like everybody so far has been really great. I mean, they just won't let you do anything. Cause I think once you land in the airport, cause you have to like check in before your trip and everything to where right when you get to the airport, they transfer you to your hotel. So I think it would be really hard to slip through the cracks. So we'll see. And I think also like when you get to these um, hotels and stuff, you have to show them your COVID test, show them that you were tested at the airport and everything too. So it sounds like they're taking the steps needed to really make sure that people don't slip through the cracks and start to you know, really put their people at risk because that's what's most important. You know, I, I yeah. love traveling and I want to go to a new location, but I don't want to put anyone at risk. And that way, at least with my COVID testing and doing a 15 day quarantine, I won't even have to be in contact with people. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I know, oh, I know it. 
It's going to be weird being in a uh, airport, don't you think? No, I know it will. But one cool thing about this is that Ecuador is truly so close to me because I'm in Texas. So it's just one flight. That's what was really a- appealing as well, because like the scariest thing to me about possibly traveling back to Southeast Asia right now when it was still a possibility was not traveling there. I was worried about the stops in between because that way you run into a bunch of different countries with a bunch of different rules. Things can change in the middle of the air because I experienced that on my flight home. Like airports were closing within hours of me landing there. So this way I just fly from my airport to Ecuador. That's it. So now I just, I have to deal with my country's rules and their country's rules when I enter. There's nothing in the middle. So that way I feel like it's so much stress is gone. Cause I'm not worried about getting to a location. I was worried about the airports in between. Yeah. You know, Definitely. Oh no, that's going to be so good. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited. Lucy, if her travel plans fall through, she's coming to join me. So we'll see. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yay. Hopefully they do still go ahead. I mean, people are traveling back and forth now and they don't have to isolate. So really, really? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, this is Europe. So. oh okay okay yeah so you're still within yeah I I I hope so I hope it works out for you so bad and I know I mean I have to hope that people are you know traveling responsibly I really hope so it's it's so hard it's like we miss it so much but you also have to you know you know travel responsibly well is there anything else you feel like we need to add to our solo travel 101 or do you think we got it I think we got it I think so too. (laughs) But I mean, if you guys, we really want like people to be like super involved. This is another thing we were going to mention today. Sorry, this podcast is so long, but we want to do a hashtag. Um, Just do hashtag let's travel vet med style. Anytime you're posting about your volunteer trips or when you're traveling or just any type of abroad experience that you love, whether it's something you're currently doing or like a throwback picture talking about a previous experience, please tag or do the hashtag let's travel vet med style. So that way we can have like a bunch of photos and videos going into a pool that we can all just kind of like experience together and people can just scroll through it, you know, and if we do it long enough, it'll be like quite a large community of like photos that people can scroll through and get some inspiration exactly we really want it to be a really inclusive community of because we're all so like-minded and we all want to help each other and inspire each other so yeah hopefully it'll be really good right there's nothing better than like scrolling through instagram when you're like really feeling like travel blues and you just want to get some inspiration it's the best place for it so yeah, let's do, we want to do the hashtag going forward. Me and Lucy will try to do it on all of our photos. And if you guys um, post any new photos of you traveling or whatever, or throwbacks, um, try to do the hashtag. And then um, also, if you guys could send us photos, um, just to our messages as well, because um, we really want to like share some of your stories, whether it's on the podcast or on our podcast Instagram page. We want to, I know you guys have some awesome experiences as well. So we really want to share those stories. So if you guys don't mind sending some stuff our way, that would be super helpful. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I think that's about it. I know we teased um, a big guest that we have, but it's going to be the next one. Okay. Things changed a little bit. So our big special (laughs) guest is our next podcast. So sorry to do that to you guys, but she will be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We just want to keep you on your toes, basically. Keep you on the hook. Yeah. We're just building the anticipation. Okay. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. We hope that this was helpful. And again, we want to do another episode on solo travel because there's so many topics we can go into. So send us any questions that you have on it um, and just topics in general that you'd be interested in hearing. Just send them some messages and we would be happy to 
put something together that's helpful to everybody. All right. Well, that's about it. Thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you next time. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.